standing and listening to me while I stand up here just talking. I need, I need her to speak to us. Praise God. And I heard the Lord give me this word, make him known in every season. Amen. Make him known in every season. Praise the name of the Lord. And in this message this morning, I feel that there's a need for me to express. Here's, the, here's that word, the opportunity we have in making Jesus known in every aspect of our lives. Making him known in every season. This is the time of year again where everyone is feeling that joyous Christmas feeling, that holiday season. Praise God. Look outside. Now, we came in here with a dry ground for some of us, but we're leaving outside with a white ground. Praise God. There's a season that is on us, and it's amazing when you begin to talk about Christmas, how people get excited. I mean, they get excited. They, you start seeing, they can't wait for Remembrance Day to be over. Because they want, they don't want to be disrespectful. They want to put their lights up. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an example of that. I'll call myself out. I'll wait for Remembrance Day to go off, and then when a Remembrance is there, I'm putting up my tree. I'm putting up my lights. I'm, I'm, I'm getting things ready. I'm a seasoned guy when it comes to the moment. And yes, I, I decorate my house. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some of us may wonder, what do you mean decorate? Isn't that from the pagan days? I'm not a pagan. I'm not a pagan. I just love Jesus. And I get every opportunity to celebrate, I'm going to do it. You come here and put lights up, I'm putting my light up. I know in my days that I can't go off, i got to stay focused. It wasn't always like that. I was talking to my wife. I don't want to go off focus here, Pastor. But I didn't always have a tree when I grew up. You know where our gifts went? They have Under the table. <laughs> That's how it worked. We didn't have Christmas lights. You know what we put up? Balloons. You know, because it was a certain way and certain tradition. But when I came out on my own, hallelujah. When I felt my wings, I said, I, I gotta do something new. I gotta do something new. Praise God. So I am so grateful for the colors, for the lights, for the catalogs that flood our mails, for holiday shopping and the deals that they try to get us with, for the charitable giving requests that I seem to get flooded with. You'll give once and they think you're giving every time, but it's okay. I am grateful because all of these things gives me the opportunity to celebrate and to participate in a season that gets me and allows me to make him known. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise, the Lord. Praise God. It's a sense of great anticipation that can be felt in the air. There's something about the season that overshadows all of the other seasons we celebrate. Yes. The season seems to be the climax of all seasons, which seems also to be positioned right at the end of the calendar year. Yes. Like I know that Elder Hamilton spoke about, well, Christmas is not necessarily, the, December 25th wasn't necessarily the birth of Jesus. For those who would go a, a little deeper in that, but at the same time, it's an opportunity yes. to celebrate his birth. Yes. Amen? Yes. It's an opportunity 
to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Praise God. And because of this, we see that it brings us to the end of the year, almost to give us another opportunity to shout out that Jesus Christ was born. Ushering into us another new season. Yes. As we can see, the next month is a brand new year. Yeah. So you go to you get a chance to celebrate and then dance a little more as he brings you into a new year of opportunity. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus was made known even to those who were in the scriptures. Because the scriptures tell us of the roles that so many people had in proclaiming the birth of Jesus Christ. Making him known in the season that they were at. Praise God. It was in the scriptures, even in the book of Matthew and Luke, that provides us that beautiful account that led up to the birth of Jesus. The book of Matthew reveals to its readers that this Jesus was the one the prophets had spoken of in their writings. Yes. The king of Israel who fulfills the Old Testament promises. Yes. However, it is in the book of Luke that we are given a more detailed account yes. of the genealogy of Jesus, tracing all the way back to Adam. Yes. Luke presents Jesus as the son of man the human divine person. In Luke's narrative of the birth and infancy of the Lord, he pens the point of view of Mary, his virgin mother. Luke alone tells of Christ's early childhood years and prayer life more than any of the synoptic gospels. The announcement of the birth of Jesus, the announcement of the forerunner, praise God. Amen. Our message takes us to the book of Luke. And I would ask if you would turn with me to this scripture, Luke chapter one, praise God, verses five. We're gonna read a bit of this. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. It is so important, even as we are in this moment, that we recognize what God was up to. And like I said, this isn't a message you have not already heard. Making him known in the season was an opportunity that God gave to those who responded by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's amazing what happens when you, are, you get the unexpected happen to you. It's amazing how people respond when they don't expect the, the thing that happens to them to happen. Even me being called up to preach before the order caught me off guard. So I'm not too hard on those biblical characters that to us seem to have just missed it. We wonder, what's wrong with this guy? Didn't he see what was going on? We become hard on them not realizing what would we have done in their position. I believe we would have probably dropped the ball. That's why we weren't born at that time. God already knows who is right to be in those moments. God already knows, and that's why, church, you have to be aware of this. God didn't make an accident when he called you out of darkness. No. Huh? When he called you from a place of damnation, he didn't make a mistake. 
It was not an accident, praise God. We're reading a bit, and we'll begin to unpack what we are going to hear. So it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it reads, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Someone say, well advanced advanced. in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense that an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink, but he will be also filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, after hearing that, as a reader, imagining not have read the rest of it, you would start breaking out in a dance and start praising God. Hey, I'm having a baby. Hey, I'm having a baby. Hey. But even his own prayer became a mystery when it came to pass. The very thing he prayed for happened. But his response didn't match. Because here's what he said in his response. How can, how shall I know this? Hear it? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. If you pause there for a moment, we just heard that Zacharias was praying for a baby. He was praying for a miracle. Yes, he was, his wife was barren. Yes, they were old now. But he had prayed. Mm-hmm. He had asked for something of a miracle from God. Yeah. And the Lord helped me to understand sometimes that's how we respond to good news. Mm-hmm. We don't seem to believe it. It's too good to be true. What do you mean God forgives sins? What do you mean God took my place on a cross? What do you mean by that? I don't have to go to hell. What are you talking about? What did I ever do wrong? 
Whenever we hear the good news, it sometimes seems to put us at a place of what? How is this even possible? And I believe in those moments, we begin to limit ourselves because of our current situation. We limit the blessing of God in our life because we are comparing it to our present day. We are saying, how is this possible? How I don't even measure up to this. How is it that all of this goodness is happening now? We try to make sense of God's promises, not realizing nothing about you deserves the promise. Amen. So we get that out of our head, that I have to work for something for God to give me. I have to prove to God that I'm worthy to get this. You're fooling yourself. You will never be worthy of God's blessings. He qualifies you for them in advance. He makes provision so that you can receive the blessing. Praise God, somebody. We have to be mindful that frozen in fear and speculation doesn't grip us when we hear good news in our life. That God has a plan for you that we don't allow the devil in hell to make us believe this is just another thing I heard before. Oh, God has a plan for you. I've heard that. You prayed for me about that. God has a plan. God has a plan. Not realizing when you don't see, he's working. When you don't see, he's aligning things in your life, getting you ready for the greatest days of your life. And the enemy works to make you feel that God ain't even thinking of you. The devil is a liar. God has a plan for your life. And it's a great one. But will you have faith when you hear it? And will you respond by faith? So yes, we hear that Zechariah responds in unbelief. And almost as if in the, if you were to color the word, it's as if Gabriel tells us, man, Zechariah just gave me a backhand slap. He just, you know, you know, I'm not talking about that Will Smith. You know what I'm talking about, Will Smith. <laughs> a spiritual backhand slap. When someone comes to you with good news and they look like you, they look at you like you're crazy. <clears throat> Gabriel said, Don't you know who I am? Yes. I stand in the presence of God. That's right. And I came to give you this good news. Yes. Gabriel said, I'm not playing games with you. Because you didn't believe me, I'm muting you. Sometimes we read that and just walk on to the next verse. Do you realize Zechariah lost the opportunity to manifest God's blessing out of his own mouth? His faithlessness, although the promise was going to happen, it muted him. It muted him so he could not proclaim and make him known to others. That God had done something miraculous. That's right. Because they didn't know what was happening. But Zechariah would have been the one if he had believed to show how good God is. And church, there would have been celebrating in the streets. Because Zechariah and Elizabeth were no strangers. They were recognized. They were highly recognized people. They were godly people. They were just barren. And in those days... When you are barren, it almost seemed like a curse. So though you're living in a right life, the honor is not there. 
the honor is missing in those days. Because if you don't have a baby, mm-mm, you're not saying nothing to me. You don't have a baby yet, mm-mm. Can't walk this walk. Don't talk about this and this, because you haven't walked the walk of childhood and, and bearing children. Yeah, you're living for God, but you have not had a baby yet. So it seemed as if a shame. And imagine the opportunity to proclaim the blessings of God in answering prayers was lost. Lost for over nine months and counting lost until the time of the birth. And he finally was able to proclaim his name is John. But by that time, they already knew something was going on. Something was up. Because Elizabeth said, boy, the Lord has looked upon me. He has favored me. And the Bible says she hid herself five months. You know how it is, women? I'm not playing games. I've been there four times. (laughs) When you get pregnant, you don't just say, hey, look, I'm one week. Look on this. You hide yourself. You're quiet. You know why you're quiet. It could be too good to be true. And you're going to start going, boast yourself. And where the baby? I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm saying it to be real because that's how it was. That's how it was. But as we read on, we hear that God was telling Zacharias, do you see my hand here? I'm getting ready to do something amazing in the earth. I'm fulfilling the words of the prophets. I'm confirming the words that they spoke to your generation. Because I'm getting ready a man who will make way for me to come. He would be a preacher who would show the people that I am who I said I am. And get them ready for the work that I'm about to do in their lives. Can someone say amen? Amen. 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 We cannot allow fear and doubt to mute us from making him known. Can I say that again? We cannot allow fear and doubt to mute us from making God known. The greatest regrets common to humanity is lost opportunity. How many great things has God promised before we realized it? But fear and doubt kept us from vocalizing and celebrating the promises of God to the detriment of those who needed to hear it as well. We here now move to a place in that same chapter of Luke chapter 1. Because now we're introduced to another announcement, making him known. The Bible tells us in verse 26 of that same chapter, It was the sixth month, and the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was, someone say, Joseph, Joseph. of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Someone say Mary. Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Another strange event. Another, can I say this? Disordered event. Because if you lived in those days, you would know something is very, let me say this right, off when a man steps into a woman's house uninvited. 
there's something culturally wrong with a man walking up into a woman's house and having a conversation. Those who read the Bible know you don't have those type of secret moments until there's a secret thing that go on. And normally it's not a right thing. But here we find Mary responding according to her culture. She responds according to her culture. What is this manner of salutation? In other words, who is this guy? What are you doing in my house? And why are you telling me that I'm blessed among all women? Because if you put the pieces together, you realize honor and respect in the first century came through your marriage. And as a woman, your honor came from your husband. You didn't have honor of your own self. And you couldn't proclaim honor beyond a, another woman if you were childless. That's how it was. So for her to hear that she was going to be honored and blessed above all women, it terrified her. And she wondered, what is this? But here the angel says, don't be afraid. Hear what he says. But when she saw him and was troubled at the saying, and considered what manner of human greeting it was, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And he will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, I don't know how any other woman would have responded to that. I don't want to speculate. But that's a whole lot to absorb. Yes. And perhaps if it was any one of our ladies here, they would have fainted. <laughs> they probably fainted. Because that was a news that... You just don't get in an ordinary day. But it happened in an ordinary day, in an ordinary moment. And the opportunity was for her to respond accordingly. Hallelujah. I don't know if Mary talked to Zachariah. Probably not. We can't say that she learned from his mistakes because we don't know. But what we do know is she asked the right question. It's not that she doubted it. She just asked the right question. We're a people of custom. We're people of honor. <laughs> You're telling me I'm about to be conceived, but I don't know a man. I don't know a man. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. How is it she says you don't know a man? Because we find that Joseph is kind of her man. But she didn't know a man, and I ain't going any further than that, okay? She didn't know a man. So biologically, something, something's missing. You're telling me this is gonna happen, but you know, science thing, you know? But the angel responds and says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, 
that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Nothing is impossible with God. When he says it, it's what he means. When he says it, it's because he can do it. Amen. Nothing's too hard for God. And when you look at this, you see two things happen. Number one, Mary got her answer to the question, mm-hmm. and it was God. God is going to do this thing. Amen. And she also got something else. She got faith help. Mm. She got faith help. Mm. It's one thing to hear a good news. But another thing to hear something you can connect with in the tangible and have faith that this person isn't out of his mind. Because she's, she's right now going by faith. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, how am I going to do this? Okay. And then he hears, she hears him say, your relative. And that should be a cue because she knew Elizabeth. She knew Zechariah. And she knew their problem. Right. Right. Amen. They were barren. Amen. They could not have kids. Amen. But now the angel is speaking to the very thing she already knows, but shows her she too is having a baby. All right, bleed on to me. That was enough. Hallelujah. Church, do you know God already knows your faith level? Amen. And He's able to help your unbelief. If you are patient, God will help your unbelief. Because it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make sense when you hear it. But if you just wait on God, he will help your unbelief. Get to the point where you can say as Mary, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me. Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the Bible says the angel departed from her. Just like that. The word was spoken. And Mary, after hearing what the angel said, and getting a confirmation of a word that happened to someone who was close to her, understood this is not a dream. God is working here. And he's working for her good. Hallelujah. So we read on of the miraculous conception. We hear following the news from the angel that Mary immediately goes to her relative Elizabeth. Who lived in the hill country of the city of Judah. Upon Mary's arrival and her her greetings with joy. She hears the response of Elizabeth. As she goes to see and confirm what the angel told her. And before Mary could even say another word after saying, hello, Elizabeth. The Bible tells us that Elizabeth shares her whole business. And begins to speak as if the angel was there herself. Further confirming the word. Can I tell you? God's promises will always be confirmed. 
Is there a witness here? Amen. The promise of God will always be confirmed. Amen. That's how God helps us. He doesn't just tell us to do stuff, to do stuff and not see what he's going to do. No. He says the signs will follow you. If you believe, you'll see what he's about to do. And that's what he has done. She showed her that God was in her life and that she was blessed. And that she was favored. And that she was appointed to be the bearer of the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. An ordinary girl. Nothing special about Mary. And it should show us how God is able, even with our own ordinary lives, to make us extraordinary for him. Hallelujah. God is wanting us to make him known in this season. And not only this season, but in every season. God is wanting to make him known. He wants us to make him known. I would be remiss, praise God, if I didn't talk about what happened with the angels. Because church, we have to understand something. Something that had never happened before was taking place. No one has ever heard of a conception that doesn't involve two people. Okay? This was a miracle beyond proportion. But here we find that God is just blowing the minds. But be careful and pay attention. He isn't sharing it with everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Come on. Right. Did you hear me? Amen. God is not in the business of telling everybody his business. Mm. <laughs> Mysteries, yes. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Yes. That's true. And who obey him. And he will show them his covenant. You don't have to be Miss Goody Two-Shoes. You just have to be humble. You just have to be humble. Because we find that this is a great news. A king of Israel is about to be born. But instead of going to the, the high priest church, instead of going to the scribes and the Pharisees, instead of going to the people of power with the long garments, the people of honor that walk in Israel with high regard and respect. The Bible says that God sends angels to shepherds mm-hmm. living in a field. Mm-hmm. Not a pop, keep in watch. Church, ordinary shepherds. The Bible says the angels show up and begin to make him known to the shepherds. Yes. This shepherd's church, out of all the people, Luke 2, verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
helping their faith. Yes. He's helping their faith. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And if that sign wasn't enough, God helped their faith even more. Because it says in verse 13, and suddenly there was a, with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts yes. praising God and saying glory to God in the highest on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Joseph and the babe. Do you notice they came with haste? Right. 
They didn't, they didn't play games. They went right away. And they saw Joseph and Mary and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. In other words, they didn't keep it to themselves, but they made it known. Hallelujah. They shared Jesus, a child, a Savior, is born in Bethlehem of Judea. Come and see. A Savior is born. They began to make him known. Do you realize something? God could have chosen anybody to proclaim this message, but he went to the shepherds and said, go and tell them, make me known. And today, church, as we sit here, God has done the same thing. He has called you to a place of opportunity to make him known. Hallelujah. Whatever God says will happen, and it would be the worst feeling to have had the opportunity, but because of fear, right. and because of faithlessness, because of doubt, you become mute, and you miss opportunity to be a great evangelist that God has called you to be, to be a witness of what you have experienced. You notice the shepherds didn't go quoting scriptures, they simply shared what they saw. You don't have to make it more complicated. Do you know it's your testimony that they want to hear? John 3.16 is wonderful. But if you don't have an experience, it isn't impactful. If you don't realize where you are coming out of, if people don't hear about how you used to be, and I'm not talking about making a shame, nor am I talking about living in the past. I'm not talking about dwelling on all your mistakes. You constantly tell people how you used to be. That ain't what I'm talking about. It's reminding and showing them in a testimony what I used to be like, but I ain't that no more. Amen. Something got a hold of me because Jesus was made known to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand? Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. And as it continues to say yes, when they had seen it, they made wildly know, saying which was told to them. And all those who heard it, they marveled at those things which they were told by the, by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Hallelujah. What does Jesus mean in this season? Jesus is the Savior that was born to take away the sins of the world. Jesus is God manifested in flesh to redeem human beings. The message of the gospel commands every human being to believe on Jesus Christ by repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus means in our time that it is the gospel message that promises us that salvation comes 
by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That the whole world rejoices because Jesus came to give everyone a second chance. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to make him known, church. We have a responsibility in this life as I call our musicians and praise and worship team back. Praise the name of the Lord. We have a responsibility to go and tell others that Jesus Christ is born. He is born. He not only was born, but he lived, and he died, and he rose again with all power. And that he alone holds the key to death, hell, and the grave. And he has conquered it, death, hell, and the grave, so that we can find hope in him. And then the scriptures begin to come together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life because that is God's will that we live forever that's his will he already knows you will live forever whether you believe him or not the question is will you be living with him that is the difference we will all live forever somewhere but who will you be living with? That is what we must answer in this life. Because outside of this life, there is no hope. There is no second chance beyond the grave. This is the reason we preach so passionately. This is the reason when we are given the opportunity, we lay it all on the line. We lay it at the altar every opportunity to enter the presence of god should mean an opportunity to pour out hallelujah and to receive everything god has for you tomorrow is not promised to anybody in this place you're not too smart to die and you're not too dumb either you're not too rich to die and you're not too poor Death happens to everyone. The Bible tells us that we all, we will have to die one day. But after death comes judgment. And it's only what we did with our opportunity that's going to make a difference between where you spend eternity. Make him known, church, in your daily walk. Make him known by the way you treat other people. Make him known by how you think and what you say in the secrets of your home and in the public square. Make him known in your families by how you behave among them, by what you show to them by example. Make him known in your workplace, even if you're the only one. Make him known in your communities. Make him known in the hospitals, even if you find yourself in there out of your choice. You can still make him known. You can still be a light. Make him known in the prison. I don't wish for anyone to be cast into prison, 
by doing wrong. If you do wrong, yeah, you're going to go there. But if you do wrong and you go there, make him know. <laughs> but I'm not telling you to do wrong. I'm saying wherever life finds you, don't give up. Make him known. Make him known. And finally, make him known in your circle of influence. You don't have to pretend like you have all the answers. You don't have to pretend like serving Jesus means I, I gotta be perfect. He will perfect the thing in your life. Because what he starts in you, he will finish. That's why Paul said, I'm not living anymore. I stopped trying to do things my way. And I allowed God to live through me. Make him known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.